So what do you love most in this world? I'm going to have to take a line from my man Drake, my bed and my mama. <laughs> your bed and your mama, so it's God's plan? Well, as my mama says, God don't wear pajamas. Dish. <laughs> <laughs> Hey y'all, it's Onika. And JR. And you are dishing with Dainty Dish. How you doing, JR? I am doing well, Onika. How are you? I'm good. What's been happening in your world? Uh, just signed another contract, so I got two going at the same time. I'm just trying to keep busy and uh, make some money. It's going to be a, a summer where I want to, you know, chill out and take some vacation time. So I'm just, you know, doing some preparation now. That's good. That's yeah, good. Yeah. But I'm also trying not to try to learn how not to die. So that's the book <laughs> I'm reading. <laughs> that's the book I'm reading this week. Um, how not to die. Um, by Michael Greger, um, MD. So he's a doctor. So he's he's you know, It's a some, medical book. Well, I don't know. He's kind of like the, he's the medical doctor that's on like the other end. Like he's kind of leaning more towards, I guess, like natural medicine, you know, like preventative medicine instead of, um. I guess instead of fixing the problem, he's trying to find a solution to to, to prevent the problem. Okay, like preventative medicine. Preventative medicine. Yeah, I guess would yeah. be like yeah, that's his, probably his, 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 kind, his kind of thing. So it's a really cool book. It's just talking about you know following a plant based lifestyle, and you know I'm trying to I'm trying to do that, even though I kind of cheat every now and then. We had sushi with you, so I had the had the raw fish, but I'm trying to keep it raw when I do eat it. And the chicken wings. Did we? Yeah, we did that. <laughs> yeah, but my stomach was the worst after that. Oh like, I my could gosh. Not, I could not, like, I couldn't move. So good, though. I could not move for, you know, I mean, I stuck around here for, like, a good couple hours. You sure did. You would yeah. not leave. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so how are you of, doing? I'm good. Speaking of plants, I had heard once that when you're about to start, like, when you're looking for a person, you should go plant, pet, person, and my plants were sort of almost dying the other day, and I watered them, and they came back to life, so I feel like I'm now ready for a pet. So because I bought these plants back to life. So I feel I'm ready for a pet now. So what do you suggest? Cat, dog? I suggest an electronic pet. An electronic pet? Like one of those little eggs? Like one of those back in the day, the Tamagotchi? Tamagotchi. (laughs) (laughs) Or some sort of virtual pet because um, your plants don't look that healthy as I look around right now. They are healthy. The plastic ones look amazing. They're green. Yeah, they're they're fake. No, these are real. No, I'm not pointing with those ones. And look at the ones that are behind you right now that look amazing. The ones beside you, uh, questionable. Well, I'm still considering it. But with that said, it is the second Wednesday of the month. All kinds of crazy. All kinds of crazy. And we have a guest with us today, Nurse Lija. Hello. How's it going? It's going well. How are you doing over there? No complaints. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we want to kick it off by just maybe asking you an icebreaker question. Okay. Just something to loosen you up a little bit. Sounds good. I hope you're not nervous, Elijah. <laughs> no, it's great being uh, uh, broadcasted. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jared, go ahead. So this one got us some good feedback when we originally asked ourselves doing the 21 questions. So I want to know, what is something that is considered luxury, but you don't think you could live without? Luxury that I can't live without. Um, I would say phone like everyone else, but I'm going to go with my 
Spotify accounts. Yeah, it's it's the perfect way to just get all the music I want. Music. Yeah, yeah. music. Yeah, JR said hot water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like a weirdo. That's not luxury. That's, that's, that's a necessity. That's, you, you, that's you not have a luxury. To have water. I know. That's what I said. Yeah. I said Uber. Uber. Yeah. <laughs> I said Uber. Yeah, it's a good way to get around. It is. Especially when you're always hitting into park things. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that happens to me a lot when I used to drive. Yeah, that's why we, you don't drive anymore. That's why Onika doesn't drive yeah. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a necessity again for you. <laughs> it's a necessity then. Yeah. Definitely. But thank you so much for coming on the show, uh, Elijah, and speaking with us today on uh, mental health and what you do. Um, so actually, let the listening audience know, what do you do, Elijah? Uh, I'm a registered nurse and I work in mental health. Uh, specifically, I work for a FACT team which is very similar to an ACT team. So yeah, I go around in the community and support people with uh, the lived experience of mental health to maintain their lives in the community and stay safe and healthy. Wow, that's amazing. So you were talking about a FACT team. Yeah. Um, What's the difference between, because I've always heard of an ACT team. Yes. Um, Um, But I've never heard of a FACT team before. Yeah, I mean, the difference between the two, so an ACT team, assertive community treatment, fact team you had flexible to it so it's a flexible assertive community treatment uh team uh and basically uh, they're very very similar models um in that they both serve people with uh, mental health concerns in the community and you know have mandates to sort of make sure people stay in the community and live their lives outside of institutions um the main difference being that with an act team you are generally serving that uh that sort of 20% of the population with uh, severe persistent mental health um, that need a lot of support. Um, And with a FACT team, instead of ACT, you are actually serving sort of that 20% plus the other 80% that you usually see that's doing a lot uh, better in the community that shows basically a greater wellness curve. Oh. Yeah. Traditionally, I guess you would kind of discharge or you know, stop working with the clients who become more well. With this model, there's a greater con- continuity of care in terms of working with that those other people so that they don't have to have new case managers and, and we can sort of follow them through their illness and wellness progressions. Wow. Yeah. So how does a client specifically, I guess, qualify for being uh, allowed acceptance into one of these programs um in general i mean you're looking at people who have so once again that's severe and persistent mental health concern okay um and it kind of has to be in a nature that sort of prevents them from maintaining a full and meaningful life without any supports so i mean some of the criteria i often see include like multiple hospitalizations uh sort of the need for support with medications um, involvement in the criminal justice system. Uh, we look at people uh, with uh, long-term addictions issues. Those are a few of the main ones. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I guess also, I mean, obviously, that sort of having that sort of primary diagnosis generally related to uh, either schizophrenia, uh, bipolar disorder, or major depression. So is, is community awareness involved in, in how your your team works? Yeah, and definitely. I mean, both us, in, in terms of us 
sort of supporting the community gaining greater awareness and even us as workers being aware of sort of how to uh, work with this population. So we develop a lot of partnerships in the community. Uh, we work with different organizations, whether it be like housing providers or financial institutions, uh, employment providers, uh uh, educational facilities just to sort of support them, uh, allow them to sort of gain greater insight into what mental health is and how it impacts the community and making sure that uh, everyone is more inclusive in terms of, you know, accepting individuals with this lived experience into the community and treating them with the respect and dignity that they deserve. Is there a specific age range um, for your clients? Uh, yeah. do, you, do you work with children as well? Or? A typical ACT team uh, or FACT team generally works with uh, adults, usually like a range of you know 18 to 65 kind of thing, that okay. sort of primary care. There's There are teams that work with youth, and just because it's such a complex uh, population as well, they like to sort of specialize the workers that work with youth to work with that population. And then once you sort of get to that sort of retirement age, uh, generally you'll move on to a more of a geriatric team, a team that can support okay. the older adults or like the facilities that would care for them would do that. So there's probably a lot of different roles on the team. What's your role specifically? Yeah, so as a, I'm a registered nurse, but I function, so a general act team has a bunch of case managers and the case managers all have sort of different professional designations. Mm -hmm. um, so working as a case manager, it's my job to basically, I have a, caseloads can vary from anywhere from around eight to, eight to, eight to 16 people uh, as a case manager would have to sort of support in the community. Um, my role is to support those clients on my caseload to sort of live those meaningful lives, you know, so it's things like uh, supporting them with med medication adherence. That's a big one because we do work in kind of a, a medical model here in Canada. Um, finding, you know, vocational things, so employment, uh, supporting people to find educational opportunities. Uh, we, with our population, we do work a lot with uh, housing and the shelter system. So, mm -hmm. you know, making sure people have a safe place to sleep and gaining them access to shelters and permanent housing. Uh, it's quite a challenge in this city because there is oh, a severe housing shortage. Talk about it. Talk yeah. about it. The team that I work with was, um, they were vigilant and diligent in um, finding me housing um, when I needed it. And all of those services, too, were... Uh, provided so it's it's incredible in Toronto trying to find like right now the very places that I went to looking for housing there's nothing yeah there's nothing so I really see quite a change in people's lives and health when you look at that housing first approach I mean without that housing in place it's really challenging to sort of support anyone's wellness because they everyone needs a place to sleep and if you can't come home to somewhere every day and sort of rest stability. your stability yeah that stability is often lost yeah outside of that I mean in terms of what I do on the team um, I'm, it's a very intercollaborative process, so there's a lot of different health professionals um, that we work with, and it's just it's using all of our individual skill sets to take care of people. As a nurse, I get to work with a lot of physical things as well, so you're looking at wound care, uh, giving injections, lots of uh, education um, okay. on the things, on both on mental health and the medications that people have to uh, take on a regular basis. So what do you find the most effective uh, when working with, with your clients, like to help them 
yeah. become more, I guess, self, self-aware or self-sufficient? Yeah. Um, the most effective approach that I find is just, and I think this is something that we're, we're taught and we really adhere to, is the idea of a, a client-centered approach. So really making sure that the, the majority of things we do and the approaches we use are geared towards what an individual who we work with is looking to achieve and accomplish, right? So having a very uh, strength-based approach you know, so finding someone so if someone is looking to get from point A to point B, if we are sort of trying to get them to get there by using things that we think will work, it's not going to be as effective as if we use their own skills that they have and sort of latch onto those and support building those and using those skills to, you know, achieve that goal. Yeah. And making sure okay. that they have like a lot of buy in in terms of like what they want. Okay. So it's essentially like if, if you can only be helped if you want to be helped. Is that, um, is that, could, is that fair to say? Or? I wouldn't say only. I would say or, your odds would be increased if okay. you want to be helped and you're, we're using the skills that you have, right? So, I mean, if you're working against, if you're trying to get someone to do something and they don't have the skill and don't really desire to have it, it's going to be an uphill battle, right? You'll be fighting against something versus going with with them, right? So, if someone's really talented, say, in art, you know, maybe I would use an approach that combines an artistic approach to things, right? So, you know, okay. like maybe use a, a music therapy to work with them and build their skills and capacities. For me, it would be something like writing or... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so for you, I mean, if you're really good at writing, I mean, that would be a great way to engage you, right? And that would be the start of sort of developing plans of care that sort of involve maybe that that ability to use prose to sort of gear your 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 care and your direction of where you're going to go on your wellness yeah. journey yeah so i guess it's we could say that the least effective way um for working with a client is not being patient-centric or client-centric yeah right? I'd, I'd say that's fair how how long has there been has like has this been is this something new that's happened where you're just you're now like deciding that we need to be more client centric is this is this something new something new or like throughout it's, your whole career I mean, have you seen this or throughout I mean I've been a nurse for just under 5 years now so I mean it's new to me um, but I don't think it's something that's totally new. People have been doing this for some time. And I think one of the big shows on the team that just supports this is the idea that we have peer support workers. Um, and one of their main functions, I think, on the team is to really sort of make sure that we're using appropriate language when we're working to make sure that, you know, the interventions are supportive of someone with lived experience and are actually attainable. So it's it's a newer approach, but I think it's something that you're seeing happening everywhere, where you're kind of using that that uh, that expert mm -hmm. to guide your your service delivery, whether it's in mental health or any other place, right? You really want to use that grassroots movement where the user is the person that you're going to for information on how you want something delivered. I would say I wouldn't say it's new. But I would definitely say it's evolved. Yes. Um, because I know when I was doing a programming similar to this when I was in the Durham region, it was nothing it was nothing like the level of support and the level of um, client centric care that I'm receiving now in the program that I'm involved with now. Mm -hmm. So I would say it's definitely evolving over time and I think 
it's improving and there's a lot of room for growth and learning there. Definitely. And it's, it's as, as we move away from that kind of paternalistic approach to care delivery, you're seeing a lot more of that evolution, right? Because it used to be that sort of that professional knew what was best and they would tell you exactly. What to do. Yeah, exactly. And switching that around, it's, you know, that that collaborative approach is what's really making a lot of headway these days and <laughs> seeing better outcomes. Honestly, I laugh because I remember when I first started with my team um, and I have I have a social worker that works with me and he basically was just like, I'm here for you and whatever you need, we're going to work together and get it done. Mm hmm. And I looked at him like he was crazy because, no, I need you to tell me what to do. And that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Not I'm telling you what to do for me. Yeah. I thought it was a very backwards way of doing things. But as time went on, I saw the benefits of being so involved in my own care yeah i mean how 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 uh arrogant it would be to assume that i know what's best for another individual right i mean i haven't lived their lives i don't know their challenges and their experience so making sure that both the sides of that coin are sort of observed and adhered to is the best way to see that care delivered and you know i i don't think anyone's gonna know what is right for onika better than onika right yeah, and I, I realize that now, yeah. <laughs> but in the moment, just coming out of the hospital and just being so terrified, you know, to face what was ahead of me, I didn't understand how it was up to me yeah. to, to kind of to get it done, yeah. you know, with the support of the team. Yeah. Not just the, the team carrying me along. Sounds like you have a great case manager. <laughs> <laughs> He's I. <laughs> He's I. <laughs> I was I was curious being in Toronto, uh, Ontario. I mean, there's it's really there's it's really multicultural. Um, is language really a, is language a barrier sometimes when it comes to working with 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 clients? Yeah, I think it's definitely a barrier. I mean, there's a lot of uh, language can hold a lot of stigma, mm -hmm. right? There's a lot of outing people based on the words and the language we use, and I think. You can see that a lot with, with our clients, but also the community at large. I mean, people don't know what is right, what's wrong to use, right? That word crazy is something that has to be oh, unpacked yeah. and has been with <laughs> us for years and years, right? Mm -hmm. Psycho. It's, crazy. Yeah. it's interesting because a couple of days ago, uh, we were having a conversation and Onika and I were having a conversation and we ended up talking about her mental health and... I, I, I got froze for a second because I was like, is it a mental health issue or is it a mental health condition? And we looked at the words issue versus condition and issue means that it's up for debate. Mm -hmm. So it, it was one of those things where I was like, OK, well, I can't. It's 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 not a mental health issue. It's a mental health condition. And that was something mm -hmm. that I, I learned in, in that moment. So yeah. it, it you know language is is it's really huge. important. It's yeah. huge. Well, it's one of those things I always like to use the example of. Uh, it be it's a medical condition, right? And so you know, it's people will say or be wary of it when you know if you look at another condition like diabetes or something like that that's very common. You would never sort of attach any kind of stig the same kind of stigma to it, right? It's it's something else. It can be treated, and people can live fully meaningful lives with diabetes. Just the same with mental health, right? It's another medical condition that once treated, and you know, if you adhere to your treatment plan and have the proper supports around you it's you can thrive like anybody else i'm proof of it yeah. so i i'm i'm gonna shout myself out on this one <laughs> i'm definitely proof of it 
Like you just have to stay on those meds and just, you know, follow the plan and it can work. It really can work. Yeah. And I think because of like the language and the stigma that we've seen throughout history, that can often be challenging, right? Because people, they don't want that kind of diagnosis of mental health. And if we can move away from the idea of having this negative connotation, once you get diagnosed with something, I think outcomes would be a lot better. Yeah. Right. You you don't you don't debate if you get, you know, heart disease or something like that. It's a real thing. Right. And so is mental mm-hmm. health. So we have to start respecting that and, you know, making sure that we do everything we can to support our health once we have that diagnosis. Exactly. I'm proudly bipolar. Yeah. Proudly. Like I hold it like a badge of honor. Like I'm proudly bipolar. So. So I know we've spoken about bipolar um, on other episodes, but what what other you touched on it? earlier Elijah but what are what, let's go back into it what other um, what is considered mental illness yeah I mean I mean like I said it's the the big three that I usually generally work with are the the schizophrenia um, bipolar and major depression um, major depression kind of has similar aspe- aspects of uh, bipolar as well right so bipolar is that idea of swinging back and forth between sort of a manic uh, heightened state versus that sort of depressive state um, when you don't have that manic aspect it's generally it goes over to that major depression category where you spend sort of long periods of time in a a state where you have like low mood, you're very uh, amotivated, you don't want to go out, you're withdrawn, um, you know, it's, it's hard to see the positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're looking at things like uh, schizophrenia, for instance, which is probably the main thing that we see with our population uh, that I work with, it's uh, things like psychosis. That's a big aspect of it. So. What's, what's psychosis? Yeah, uh, psychosis is when, I guess, there's a, there's a chemical imbalance involved uh, and basically it, it, it causes people not to be able to think as clearly as others. And you might actually have elements of sort of uh, there's positive symptoms, right, where you sort of hear voices or see things that others might see. Any of the tactile, any of the senses actually could be involved. Um, and it's basically that idea that what you're experiencing, other people in the world aren't experiencing that same experience. Oh, okay. I've experienced that okay. with my bipolar and yes. mania. You experience psychosis of that nature. Definitely. Like it's all it's all of your senses. So. Yes. Okay. So, Elijah, why is mental health, working in mental health important to you? Um, I, I, you know what? It's it's the idea of taking care of the, the marginalized populations um, everywhere and making sure that everyone has access and is treated in a fair and consistent manner. I think uh, mostly of the idea of that, that, that concept of we are only as strong as our weakest link in mm-hmm. society. And right. And if we're not taking care of people who face the most uh, sort of adverse effects related to society and the way we view them, then I don't see us being a strong community, a, a strong society. So that's that's my, that's why I'm here. I'm here to make sure that everyone has access to everything that everyone else has access to. And hopefully at some point things get a little more equitable along that journey. That was well put. 
That was very well put. I've got nothing to add to that. <laughs> Onik is not usually speechless, but Uh-oh. you just drive. There was a mic to be dropped right now. There you go. Elijah, you could yeah. drop you it. Just drop so you know, it. Yeah. you can drop, drop that it. mic. Might break, Don't drop it. It's expensive. Expensive. <laughs> 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 um, but Elijah, thank you. Wait, I got one. Oh, more. you have more? Well, I know, I, okay, this is, the, this is the encore. This is the encore. This is the encore. Right, he, your, this he, is your encore. Yeah. Once you get him going, Elijah, once yeah. you get him going, he's... He's a questions guy. So here's the encore. Okay, so if you could share one piece of knowledge when it comes to mental health, what would it be? Um, Treat everyone with respect. I mean, mental health does not dis- or doesn't discriminate anyone can go through challenges throughout their life and mental health can hit any of us and impact all of us at any points we probably all know someone who's been you know had depression or some other form of mental health and you know to make sure that we're as inclusive as we can be uh don't use, uh, I'm, I'm giving you like 27 things. Right <laughs> Just uh, keep going. Okay. Be, be, okay. be kind right. to everyone and, you know, help people who need support and, you know, respect that not everyone has it as easy as you do. And, you know, that being said, uh, we're a stronger community when we build uh, on our strengths and support our, our weakest members. Very well put. That was, that was yeah. the encore. I mean, that was that the was encore. The encore was very well put, Elijah. <laughs> Thank you. Well, with that said, thank you so, so very much for being on the show today. We very much appreciate having you here. Um, If any of you guys want to write to Elijah and maybe ask him some questions, uh, he and I are in touch. So I will be able to get those emails to him. Um, Please drop us a note and... JR, tell them where they can reach us. Yeah, you can reach us at dish, D-Y-S-H, at daintydish.com. Uh, you can check us out on our website at daintydish.com. You can check Onika out on Instagram, best of Onika. You can check me out on Instagram, best of JR. Uh, what's going on on onikadainty.com? We didn't even talk about that. Oh, what's going on in there? My poetry, my blogs, my journal entries, very personal, deep, private stuff going on on my website so check it out take a look tell me what you think yeah uh so thank you for listening please subscribe if you're listening to us on youtube or apple podcast give us Music. five we deserve five, <laughs> give, <laughs> us five. A, give us a like um Elijah, you have anything to say uh Anyone thanks for having me hi I, to? Think it, I think it's great that you guys are doing this uh hi mom and dad is generally <laughs> yeah. the people mom I say and dad will to. be listening yeah <laughs> All right, perfect. So that is the dish of the day. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, Tune in for all kinds of crazy every second Wednesday of the month. Uh, We will have another guest next, next month. So with that said, I hope you guys have a very happy hump day.